get an update on what's going on with Ukrainian refugees and how they're making out in Canada and getting to Canada. The latest stats, this was a story that came out just yesterday showing that we're not doing a great job when it comes to getting them here. Um, about a third, less than a third, actually, of the Ukrainians that Canada has actually approved for temporary visas to come in this country have actually made it here. Hundreds of thousands are still waiting in line to find out if they even qualify to travel here. So the numbers break down like this. Um, about 700,000 requests from Ukrainians to travel to Canada have been um, received by the government. 420,000 of them have been approved so far, yet only 117,000 have actually made it to Canada so far. So um, we're at about 700,000 people requesting visas to come to Canada, but 120,000 have made it here thus far, and hundreds of thousands more uh, waiting in line to even get started with the process. Now, a lot of them who arrive here, of course, um, are relying on Canadians and Albertans to welcome them, to house them, to do all kinds of support when they get here. And we've spoken with Mike from Edmonton before. He's been leading the charge on this right since the very beginning. And the work continues. And Mike joins us now. Mike, thanks for your time. I appreciate you being here. Hey, thanks for having me. So um, just tell us, uh, I, I, you, you sent me some videos and some pictures of some of the things you've been doing with the many, many Ukrainian refugees that are in our part of the world. Just tell us what you started doing. Yeah, well, one of the main things we want to do is keep them from being isolated and get them, you know, socially acclimatized and introduce them to even other Ukrainians after they arrive because it's different in their culture. They don't have as much of our open Canadian, you know, high on the street kind of thing. Um, but they love it. It's one of the best parts of coming here. So I started throwing uh, essentially Ukrainian house parties every uh, every weekend and inviting a couple of dozen bunch of families, you know, 10 kids and all of these people coming and they all meet from all over Ukraine, different regions, and experience a giant Canadian backyard fire and uh, all of this kind of stuff. And um, a couple other Canadians show up and they get English conversation and they solve problems and ask questions. And it's been just absolutely wonderful. What have you learned? I mean, in terms of having these, like you say, I mean, you don't want people getting isolated. You want to build some sort of community, some sort of support system, I guess. Is all that happening sort of just through these parties? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have a lot of it online through Facebook, and they connect through these different groups, and we just make invitations. So, you know, I see somebody who's posting that they're lonely or that they have some questions or something, and I just send them an invitation with the address and time. Um, and then when they get here and they start talking, we found that they're making um, app chat groups with each other, you know, like groups of moms and husbands are meeting each other and becoming friends and sharing information about work and, and things they need to do, learning about childcare, questions that get answered quickly from each other instead of, you know, it can, it can actually help their hosts because it's a long time to solve a problem for some of us. And some of them have been here for three, four months and they've already solved it. And they're meeting Ukrainians who've just arrived and nurse Nervous and afraid and don't know what to do and here they have a nice environment to do it and I've seen it happening in some of our other areas as well I posted videos and pics I've seen they're doing it in our groups down in Calgary some huge events in some parks and 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 stuff too and it's uh it's been a great feature how many people are we talking about here I know there's a lot but when you talk about how many people in Edmonton or in Calgary or in Alberta is there any way of knowing exactly how many are here right now 
Yeah, yeah. Well, we can tell you that our numbers increase in Edmonton alone by 100 to 120 Ukrainians every week. Um, there's thousands already here in Edmonton. Alberta-wide, somewhere between 12 and 18,000. Not all of them get counted. Um, some of them show up. And the thing about these little social events and things that are happening, not little, I guess 25 Ukrainians. Yeah. Um, my little house. But um it catches people that aren't in our hosting networks. They show up, they rent an Airbnb, they wait for the government assistance, they try to learn English, and they're alone. And they get some help from settlement agencies, but not all the steps, not all the tips and tricks. We, we save them a ton of money by using our local knowledge of how to get around, and they share resources for their children, um, where to live, where to rent, special landlords who offer extra benefits for Ukrainians who are coming in, things like that. It solves so many problems so fast, and they just feel welcomed right away and it's, it's part of the canadian experience that you know they heard about and were kind of mystified by when they when they find it what i mean can, can you sort of track progress i mean like you say some have been here for months some are just arriving can you sort of see what stage they're at i mean are, are, are we seeing them start work start school start to, oh yeah within I mean, can you follow that happening. So much faster than than we've seen before, like with other groups in the past. We've seen all kinds of great things happening. You know, Ukrainian people are showing up with almost no English even and still finding employment. You know, 50 to 75 percent of them are finding employment within two to six weeks. Wow. You know, like in the English classes are, are getting filled up, but then there's volunteer English classes springing up. We have 20 or 30 families living near each other in the Southgate area of Edmonton, and they have a, a room going with some classes uh, going every night, English classes with some volunteer instructors. It's a village of Southgate. Just wonderful people. So they're they're doing well they're climatizing they're they're working really hard i mean some of these people are working all day doing english online doing homework taking care of kids figuring out the system and they're doing it so fast that where we started hosting them for three months at a time the first rounds a lot of people are in their own places in a month to a month and a half now and we desperately need hosts for december because it's a tough month and there's a lot of people coming but it's gotten so much smoother they're doing so well once they get their feet under them but if we don't help them get their feet under them right then it's a struggle okay so let's let's figure out how we're going to do that how many are you expecting over the course of december do you know i mean do you get a rough estimate or yeah, we, well we have we have a pre-planned list so we know for okay. example that there are dozens already planning on arriving in december and then there's dozens more who aren't um we don't know yet they just show up and then start asking for help so we need hosts to take them in for one to three to five weeks even and um, in December, it's rough because travel and families and sure. stuff. So we're, it's tough for us and we need help. So what's the ask of a host family? Like you say, I mean, what, what sort of, hey, if you can do this, we can, we can use your help. What, what's the minimum oh. ask here? Clean, safe, comfortable place to sleep and um, support with uh, a little bit of food, uh, utilities, making sure there's some Wi-Fi and they don't have to worry about, you know, being able to be cold and hungry. And um, if they can, we have volunteers that help with a lot of the documents. We have settlement agencies working better now, but any help they can getting to appointments is nice. You know, the first couple weeks is pretty hectic. Um but at least 60-70% of the strain has been taken off the host families. We really just want to get them to the donation centers, help them get around, reassure them, and house them and feed them, and a lot of the rest we can take care of. Um, how's the government doing? I mean, you heard the numbers just before I brought you on here, where we've got 117,000 of about yeah. 700,000 have actually made it here. Is that getting better? 
No, no. I mean, it's every time a baby steps forward, two steps back, right? I mean, Jeez. they got, it's been a pain in the butt. And, and, and every time we turn around, it's, it's private Canadian donations running the show. It's us doing it. It's, it's all this. They're, they grow the support in such tiny steps. Like, they could fix it in a heartbeat. They have free flights that you can sign up for on a lottery system that, you know, who knows if you're going to get it. Um, and it's by Canadians donating their aeroplan points and the government matches it. And there's some funding through a couple of agencies and things but they could solve the problem in a heartbeat and triple the incoming people they could be supplying hosts with a little bit of, of a direct support which they do in other countries and then more people could repeat host mm-hmm. you know one after the other yeah, we've got yeah. some people who've done five families wow all on their own dime oh yeah yeah 100 percent. and they and and it's 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 amazing and it's, uh, half the people coming in don't need a host family about um, because they've they've got a, a couple of thousand dollars to start. The government gives them that little check when they get here after they get their SIN number and bank account. But honestly, um, the other half, I mean, some of them are emergency situations. Some of them were urgent, and and uh, and and we we've been good about finding hosts. I mean, Edmonton, St. Albert, Sherwood Park. There's a lot going on. It's incredible. But, but we need more. And we need December's more. December's the worst month. And uh, and I know that you've had some that reached out through the show. So let's make sure people can yeah. get in touch with you. Yeah, they can reach out to me through mikeinedmonton at gmail.com. Really easy to remember, mikeinedmonton at gmail.com. And then I can filter through if they're wanting to host or volunteer to drive people around even or, you know, that kind of stuff. We've got people who drive kids to school every day. Wow. You know, it's wonderful. And then we can get them out and get them started where they need to uh, to go and uh, and figure out the best fits. And, Mike, if somebody's listening in Calgary or in Lethbridge, they can still contact you. You know the people to get in touch with, right? You can get send them in the right direction? Yes, we can. Um, major centers, Calgary, Edmonton, Red Deer are um, by far the most popular. It's where everybody's coming. Yep. But we have had some wonderful support from your show, people who have called in. And, and when they find out they can't host because they're too remote, they help in other ways. And they're just so genuinely helpful. So anybody listening can email me. There's a million ways to help. Uh, Mike in Edmonton at gmail.com. And we really need to start doubling this up. We could be bringing in more. I mean, right. it's not just helping Ukraine, right? It's all of Europe. It's all of these people. They're... Um, we know, like I've been to Ukraine a bunch. We, we see these places, no heat, no power, no water. It, it's it's brutal right now. And the more people we take in, uh, the easier it is to be safe and rebuild. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's very few more worthy causes than this one. Mike, thanks so much for your work and thanks so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.